0: At the end of our days, we want to be proud of how we spent that day. At the end of our lives, we want to be equally proud of the decisions that we've made. To do this, we need to face the hard. We need to talk it out. We need to lean into community, relatability, and understanding. We need to hear how other people got it together, how they overcame the shame, hurt, toxicity, and past trauma and chose to move forward. But nobody talks about the hard stuff enough. Life is tough and confusing, and yet we try to glide over the struggles like the glaze on a donut and expect to come out unscathed on the other side. We don't deal with the hard. We just keep moving forward, distracting ourselves with scrolling, Netflix binges, and a busy, busy life. But none of us want to feel like we're drowning or settling in the one life that we've been given. And that's where this show comes in. I long to be a piece of the puzzle that not only extends a hand, but comes alongside of you to live. Live well and to live with joy. On the Living Easy podcast, I dig deep and talk about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. We talk about the nitty-gritty of marriage, from living like roommates to the confusion of sex and intimacy. We talk about the reality of losing friendships and the art of making new ones as an adult, because let's be honest, it is not always easy. And we explore essential life principles like real forgiveness, making perfect memories in imperfect homes, and how to deepen your relationship with God in a way that genuinely changes. Changes how you live and how you love. God has used the Living Easy podcast to touch hearts in nearly every country in this world. I started this journey with just a computer on my lap as a nursing mom. And since that point, I've had the incredible privilege of connecting with millions of people worldwide through my platforms and through my online courses, such as The Wife Project, From Roommates to Soulmates. At the heart of it all, it is people who make my world go round. Relationships matter and how you feel about your life at the end of your life is of great importance. And that is why I pour my heart into connecting with you. People are everything to me and I share my own stories of my mess, the hardships and my big mistakes on this podcast paired with all of the wisdom and the lessons that I have learned along the way to bring you freedom. So let's be friends, click subscribe, grab your favorite warm beverage, and get cozy. I'm Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Living Easy podcast. This is Lindsay Maestas, and today I am here with Sarah Molliter. Sarah is the author of this new book that I am so excited about titled Well Said, and it focuses primarily on communication and communicating with grace and in a healthy way. So Sarah, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me of course so first tell me just a little bit about yourself where do you live tell us a little bit about your family yeah i my husband and i tim live in central washington i'm originally from oregon about three hours south And my family's still there, so I'm thankful they're super close. But we live here with our seven kiddos. We have six boys and a sweet little girl. The boys are sweet too, but all the way down. (laughs) And they range in age from 11 all the way down to six months. So I feel like I've got my toes dipped in a few different seasons. You know, like I'm not all the way there, but but we're kind of middle of the way there as parents. And we also live on a little bit of land. I always say it's not enough. To have a farm and milk a cow, but it's enough that I can be like, hey, go explore outside and they can grab the walkie-talkie and go, which I just absolutely love. Oh my gosh. That's so nice. Have you always had that kind
0: of a space or is that something that's new to you?
1: No, this is newer to us. We moved into this um, space and built this home about five years ago wow. and just kind of have been taking it on a chunk at a time, you know, like can't do it all at once, but my husband has saved us lots and lots of money by doing things like irrigation himself. So I'm very thankful for that. And I love that I can look out and, you know, just see that greenness, know he grew it and our kids get to explore it. It's been pretty special for us oh my gosh, how fun. Yeah. We don't
0: have a ton of space, but we are in a neighborhood where the kids can run around and it just oh. feels like a different world. Where So
1: nice. They,
0: yeah, where they just have the ability to be children. You know, yes. It's so sweet to watch yes. them. I saw um, a quote the other day and it, I'll butcher it, but it said something along the lines of, I regularly remind myself that my children's childhood is in my hands. Mm. And so the memories that they're building and- the relationships that they're strengthening, like all of those, we have the ability to foster that. And it was just such a sweet reminder for me. Love that. Yeah. So I would love to hear a little bit about Well Said. What prompted you to write this book? Was there any moments in your life where you were like, oh my gosh, Sarah, get it together. I can't (laughs) figure out how to communicate healthfully. Or is this something that you've always just been really
1: strong at? Lots of moments of those, nothing I've ever been really strong at. I'm very strong at talking, at like chatting and conversations. That's like, I could do that all day. Um, But I wouldn't say it's always been a healthy way in terms of my marriage. I think like anyone I meet, you know, sometimes even when we're going through a struggle, we know how to put on that good face. We know how to put on those good words, you know, and I could speak through it to anyone else. But if you would have gotten a look into our early marriage years, you would have seen that they weren't as pretty as maybe we painted on the outside. Not to say they weren't lovely in a lot of areas. You know, I think that's always it's it sometimes to people it feels like an either-or, but it wasn't that. It was, it was just that things were happening behind the scenes um, that weren't healthy on my end. And so to back up a little, where Well said came from was I was approached by a publisher and there was always a I believe a dream in my heart to write from when I was a little girl, I would have notebooks filled with poems, songs, books, you know, all these things that I would write. I I would love that. And, and so it came very unexpectedly, which I think is sometimes how God works best. And I love that. And it was an email that simply said, hello, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I thought it was spam at first. (laughs) I almost (laughs) like delete. I'm so glad I read it. Um, And that was about two over two and a half years ago. And from there it evolved into me sending in a book proposal. And really I was like, what do you even write about? And they said, well, we can't tell you that, but what, if you had like one chance to share something with the world, what would your encouragement be? And pretty instantly I knew this, like how we use our words. That's what my encouragement would be because I'm still in it all the time. And I'm still You know, not battling necessarily, but I'm still making choices each and every day. I'm still falling and messing up a little bit and pulling myself back up. But I had walked enough of the journey to see the hope from the other side of how using your words makes a world of difference in your relationships, Mm -hmm. in your marriage, in your parenting. And so I felt I was there enough to be able to give hope and give encouragement and say, like, hey, there's another side. And if you find yourself here, if you find yourself in a place in marriage where you're bitter or you're discontent, um, or you have resentment and the symptom of that is coming out as using your words in an unhealthy manner or targeting them in a way that isn't healthy in your marriage, then there's hope for that. And there's redemption. And it comes through, you know, not just practical tips, but it comes through, a repentant heart. So that's really where Well Said came from and where it still comes from and what I'm still Mm -hmm. living out
0: today. I love that. And I want to go back to what you said because I think that is so important and impactful is that just because it was difficult or maybe just because it was challenging or not perfect doesn't mean it wasn't lovely. And one thing I say on the podcast regularly is bad doesn't mean hard. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time, like look at this. You are, Sarah, the example of what it means to utilize the challenges that you face for good mm-hmm. and to grow through them and to allow them to become something where you research and you study and you learn more about yourself because you're becoming more and more self-aware of those things, which then gives you the opportunity to grow. So I just I think that it's so important for people to not feel stuck. And that seems like where this is stemming from that you realize like, I don't want to be stuck in this position in my marriage anymore. So going into that a little bit, what are some of the areas, if you feel comfortable talking, where you found yourself maybe repeatedly falling into the same unhealthy patterns of communication Mm -hmm. with your spouse and maybe his communication And what were those moments of clarity for you where you were like, this has to stop? Yeah.
1: So the moments where I felt like I was getting into those cycles was really, um, it was like, I, I was so discontent in where I was and my circumstances because I wanted what I had, but I wanted more. I wanted what else I wanted. And so I became discontent in that. And it was like, it kind of became a me, me, me thing. Like, why don't I have what I want? Because he has Mm -hmm. what he wants, right? He's in his hometown. He has his friends. He has his family, like all these things. At least I'm, I'm speaking from my point of view, right? Like, I'm not saying this is like the reality of it, but I'm speaking from my point of view. And so misery loves company. So what, if I'm going to be miserable I'm certainly not going to be miserable by myself I'm watching him be happy. I'm going to make him miserable. And so the cycle became saying things that were unkind and not true to make myself feel better about where I felt like I was at. And it started very slowly and it built over time. Like a lot of things, I don't think, you know, it was just like this, I don't like you, blah, blah, blah. And then that's it. It was just a slow start and it kind of rippled into something bigger till eventually it was noticeable, right? Like first it may have been unnoticeable to him even, maybe he like blew off the first or second comment, um, but it became more and more noticeable and enough that it started causing damage in our relationship. And in the way we spoke, like things would come out on his end, like that's hurtful. I wish you wouldn't say that to me. Um, if I said that to you, you would be crying, right? Like, like the, the things you're saying are unkind. And, and I knew that I knew that Lindsay, but I didn't know how to stop. Or maybe I knew how to stop, but I didn't want to stop. Cause I was so stuck in the misery that I, I didn't know how to get out of that. It's so basically long story short, and in chapter one, well said, I always say, like, I hope people like me after chapter one because I kind of give the very raw, honest <laughs> version of what happened. Oh, that's I so
0: appreciate. Yeah,
1: I just, I came to a point where we had a, a big fight and it wasn't even his fight. I won't even like give him credit. It was all me. And he basically said, like, can I go to a movie with my brother? And I was like, oh, you just wait. Where <laughs> I come? And I let everything out that had been building up. And and I I kind of left no filter for it. It was very unfortunate. Um, and from there, I was broken. And I called my parents. And my parents said, they listened. And they were so kind. And then they were like, we love you so much. But we've also seen things on the side. And we've heard random comments. And we don't want you to live in this. And we, we want you to turn around. And we think if you don't, it's going to go a direction you don't want to go. And so it was a really healthy, I always call it my healthy kick in the pants. It was a very loving, Mm -hmm. but it was very firm. Um, And at that point, I think I was soft enough and broken enough to hear it. I don't know if I would have heard it before. I think there were times along the way my dad might've said something and I wasn't ready to hear it. Right. So I scraped it off. Like, you're not me. You're not married to my husband. Like, leave me alone. Um, But this time it wasn't that. And. It was exactly what I needed to hear. They gave me some good encouragement. They prayed for me. They they did several things. And I walked away from that phone conversation realizing something's got to give. There has to
0: be a change here. Hmm. That reminds me of the verse, just your parents giving you that insight in Proverbs 27, 6, where it says that faithful are the wounds of a friend, mm-hmm. but the kisses of an enemy are yeah, deceitful. My yeah. Yeah. Because how lucky are you? Yeah. You know, And I just pray that we all have someone like that who is willing to say the hard truths even when they're so uncomfortable because, again, like look at what it leads to. It leads to fruit and to growth. And so that's such a beautiful gift that you had that. But I also love that you acknowledge that maybe you would not have received that (laughs) before because when we're hard-hearted and when we're unwilling to budge, it's like, yeah, all that sounds great. And I've even had conversations like this with people I love where I'm like, hey, I love you, but like, here are the things, because you're asking my opinion. Here are the things. And they're like, yeah, 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 but, but this, mm-hmm. you know, and we can always point that finger. So for you, um, just as we kind of get into this, because it's such an important topic because communication happens every single day. Our children right. see it. Our spouses feel it. We feel it. You know, the way I think so much of the way that we speak often can even lead in the way that we feel that when we're not even maybe in a bad mood, but we say something snarky, we then decide we're actually feeling pretty or mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so as you were feeling that coldness to, towards your spouse, where you are like, he has all of these mm-hmm. things, that was reality, right? He did have those right. things. You were perceiving it in a negative way. So what would you say to somebody who does see that their spouse has something they want or maybe they're going out golfing when they're stuck at home with the kids or they're not doing the dishes and I'm cleaning everything. That that may be a reality, but the communication of that thing and the delivery of that thing is very important. So what would you say to somebody who is facing something like that, difficult, that is like, it is actually hard, but they have not been able to communicate
1: it well? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I think One of the things I've come to realize in marriage um, this far at 14 years is that it's not a quid pro quo. It's not a this for that. You don't get to go do this and then I get to do that. We're a team, right? And so sometimes in a team, one person carries a load. Sometimes in a team, the other person carries a load a little bit. Sometimes you're both carrying the load together. And I'm not saying you're not always working together. I don't want to be misconstrued here. But what I want to say is that there are seasons where it's more feasible for my husband to do things. And there are seasons where it's more feasible for me to do things. I am in a season right now where I am nursing an infant. It is not as feasible for me just to get up and go and do the things that are even in my head sometimes because just by virtue of I'm nursing an infant and that's, and that's okay. And so when we boil that down to communication, when we talk about like how we're talking with each other. I think it's about just being very honest with the right motivation, because there have been times when I've been honest with the wrong motivation, right? Like you get to do this. I want to go do this. Like what is my motivation in that? Is it because I want me, 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 and I want time for me, or is it, Hey, like I value both of us and I value our marriage and I value our relationship. And because of that, like, I want us to be healthy. Like, So I'm coming at it from this angle of this would help me feel healthy, right? Like whether that is a 10 minute bath time, you know, during like at the end of the day and you tackle bedtime, like for some moms, that'll do it. And that's okay. I think the thing that we take out of context is when we think that there's one thing that will fix us because this other person does that, right? Maybe we think that that shopping trip or that pedicure or whatever it is, I don't even know will fix us because we see it fix someone else, or at least we perceive that from the outside. When really sometimes what speaks to me is that simple bath. Maybe it's just the lights down, the warmth of a bath and the quietness in my bathroom, you know, that will refresh me and renew me. Um, Maybe it's getting away with my Bible and getting to just read without a little one coming and tapping my leg. Maybe I just say, honey, like, I just need a minute. And like, this would give me, you know, that maybe it's getting out on a walk and and listening to a podcast because that'll refresh me and renew me. I think what's happened is we take self-care and we we, we view it as like one thing when really it it's just gotten tainted to this like me, me, me version where what I want to say is there are healthy things we can do that are healthy for the whole marriage and not just healthy for you. Or sometimes self-care just speaks to one person, you know, taking these times, but being honest about it, honey, I really, um, when you're done golfing on Friday, cause you mentioned golf, Lindsay, <laughs> when you're done golfing it. on Friday, I was wondering if like you could just take the kiddos out and play basketball outside while I just had some time inside. And, and when I've done that, at least in my own marriage, there has been a more receptiveness because, The motivation from what I'm saying it is healthy and whole and not desperate and angry. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it does. Well, and because you hear this even just growing up, that the way that you say something says more than the thing that you're saying. And it speaks more loudly. And my husband, I mean, Jesse has checked me so many times. He's like are we mad right now? And I'm like, no, I'm not. And he's like, well, then what is with the tone? I'm like, oh. And we play like that, you know. Obviously in a fight, he wouldn't deliver it that way. But I'm like, oh, you're right. Sorry. There are ways where I think that hard-heartedness comes in. And and that really is what it is, isn't it, Sarah? Where you become so bitter and so resentful. Like your story to where you're coming at everything. It's this domino effect, this Mm -hmm. buildup. Of, I've been feeling this way for so long that I'm going to spew it out all over you every time we communicate. And for me, that a lot of the time shows unresolved conflict, right. un- like really just unresolved issues that really need to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So, within Well Said, can you talk a little bit about what you share within the book about ways to break these patterns when we're feeling continuously? frustrated or our tones are harsh or even you know if you're in a marriage where you're yelling at each other or cussing at each other a lot of these are learned so how do you break patterns of something that's so habitual to you in terms of communication This is the truth about your marriage. God did not call you to be a fix him wife. He called you to be a love him wife. I want you to imagine for a moment your home lighting up in flames. Would you wait until the entire house had burnt down before seeking help? No, right? It's more likely that as soon as you saw the spark of that first flame, you would do everything in your power to fight the damage fix it, learn from it, and to seek help. Now let's apply that same wisdom to your marriage. Divorce statistics do not lie, you guys. 50% of Christian marriages end in divorce. So why wait until your marriage has burned to the ground before taking action. The Wife Project from Roommates to Soulmates is an eight and a half week biblical study that I am so deeply passionate about because I have had the amazing opportunity to watch it change thousands of marriages for the better around the entire world. It offers a lifeline for those seeking to become best friends with their spouse again, to actually like one another again, and to rekindle the affection, intimacy, and closeness that you once experienced. So is this a project for you? Here are a few questions that you can ask yourself. Number one, do you feel like coldness and hard-heartedness have replaced the affection and the excitement in your marriage? Do you find yourself feeling lonely, struggling to communicate your wants and your needs to your spouse, or just never wanting to be together? Number two, are you a woman who is seeking to embrace her role as a godly wife, just learning how to love your husband as God intended? Number three, do you long to deepen your relationship with Jesus, strengthen your own prayer life, trust him in your sex life, and become a more godly spouse each day? Number four, perhaps you're single, coming from a broken home with a fractured view of marriage and you yearn to discover what God says about this sacred union of commitment. Or number five, maybe you're recently engaged and you're eager to prepare your heart in the best way for your future husband by fixing your gaze on Jesus. I want you to consider the words of one of the students of The Wife Project who shared, My husband and I had been struggling for a very long time. We love each other, but miscommunication and exhaustion were taking a toll. In just a few days of walking through The Wife Project, I feel a genuine change in our marriage and in the tone of our home, as well as Kelsey's testimony. The Wife Project showed me God's vision for our marriage. I realized that I need to stop trying to get my husband to fill a role that he was never created to fill. Thank you, Lindsay, for giving me the tools I needed to save my marriage. I truly believe you are a gift from God to our family. So if you are ready to change your marriage, there has never been a better time to invest in one of the most important relationships in your life. And it begins with you we cannot change the person next to us as much as we might want to but we can start with us and if we deepen our faith in such a way that it pours out onto our marriage we will see the fruit of that in our home this course includes a 65 page workbook with practical applications conversation starters date night ideas memory verses journaling pages and so much more to get you started right away on implementing what you're learning it is time to make a generational change for the sake of your children and for the glory of God. Let them see how you communicate healthfully and change the dynamic of your home for the better. You will learn how to communicate, love, serve, date, and pursue intimacy as Christ intended, and you will never regret it. Click the link in my bio or go to sparrowsandlily.com backslash the-wife-project to get started today. You will have lifetime access and can go at your own pace. Make the choice to transform your marriage and write a new chapter today. Let's get back to today's episode.
1: I always know that it, you know, you want to be able to give like the ABC thing for people to be able to like, you can do this, this and this. And I, and I do talk a lot about that well said, like what I personally did. And I think some of them are very practical tips that I'll mention. But the first thing I want to start with is I think that in anything, you have to get to a place where you want to change. And for me, that starts with a repentant heart. That starts with a heart that wants to ask for forgiveness. to start over because I can say mean things to Tim. And then the next day I can just say a nice thing. Right. And then the next day I can say a mean thing and the next day I can say a nice thing and I can stay in a cycle like that. But I think when you have a true heart of wanting to ask forgiveness of wanting repentance, that means to turn and change. That means to turn and do it differently. And that's really where I want to start because I don't want to stay in a cycle. I want to be on an upward trajectory, so to speak. And so for me, it was first saying, "I recognize this, this, and this that I'm doing and that I'm saying, and I don't want to do that. So, will you please forgive me for saying this, this, and this?" Um, and and once you you know, and once you get to that forgiveness, really the heart is softening; it's wanting to change, and that's when I think you can start adding in the practical to dos. So, my first encouragement would be to ask for forgiveness. It is so hard, but it is so simple. Mm -hmm. And I heard someone say the other day, they said, um, they did something and they asked for forgiveness from their son and their son said, I don't even give it a minute. And the reason he said that was because in one year, am I going to remember this? Am I going to give it a minute? No. So why would I give it a minute now? And I want I'm currently working that in myself, thinking on that, thinking that's how I want my heart to be. I want to be so quick to forgive. I want to be so quick to ask for forgiveness that I don't even give it a minute that I say, hey, this was wrong. You know, and I want to, when I ask forgiveness, I personally believe in listing out what you're asking forgiveness for because it makes it more real. It makes it more, um, yeah, the,
0: the (laughs) the specificity of it. I think draws attention not only to your heart and your brain and saying, hey, this is something I'm not going to repeat. And that's something I tell my boys a lot, like call it out for what it is. This is what I did. But I think it also just responds to that conviction and obedience to say I'm owning this. That's it. I'm really owning what I did. I'm not vaguely spewing, I'm sorry. Yes. Would you agree? Absolutely.
1: That's what I was getting at, yes. And so I think when you get there, there's health for both sides. They see that you recognize it. You are recognizing it and you, and you want to move forward and you're keeping yourself accountable really is what you're saying, which I agree with. And so from there, there were several practical things I did. I asked for forgiveness and repent and, you know, repentance, um, from Tim, also from the Lord. (laughs) I think that's easy to forget, like ask the person, but also ask Lord, it grieves his heart too. And then I really invited Tim and I said, Hey, like clearly this is something I struggle with. I need help. Like, can you help me? Can you help me get better at it? And how can we do that together? Because this is the person I love, whether it's a friendship, you know, your spouse, whoever it is, this is a person you love and you care about, obviously. How can you invite them in within reason, right? Like within the boundary of their relationship level. Obviously, for my husband, that's a lot more. And I said, I need help in this. And he's like, you know what? I can tell when you're getting worked up. Like I can see it on your face, like you're saying, I can hear it in your tone. I can mm-hmm. see all these things. And like, I think at that point, I'm just going to say, hey, Sarah, I can see that you're getting worked up. Like, don't say anything you don't want to say, or should we just take a break? And and he, mm, and he held me to it. He would do it. And I was so upset at first. Like, no, I want to say this thing that i have been about to say. And he'd be like, nope, I'm going to walk away and we're just going to cool off. And then we'll come back when we can talk mm-hmm. normally and kindly. Um, and eventually, I didn't want to say that thing anymore. Eventually you know, a new habit formed. And I think that's the beautiful thing about habits is that we can form them, but we can break them, but we can form them again. And I eventually never wanted to say those things, you know, not that I didn't always think them, but I didn't want them to come out because I knew the damage that they had done. And I didn't want to repeat that cycle anymore. And so then once we got to that point, you know, there were other practical things I did. I remember on the day I asked forgiveness after kind of that big fight and the conversation with my parents, I went out and I bought Tim a gift. This was just my way of showing value to him. Not everyone might do this, but it was a way I could say, I see you. I love you. I value you. And here's something to show all three of those things. I bought him his favorite things, chocolate, coffee, and a flannel. And <laughs> and it was just a...
0: He sounds like a good Yeah. And it guy. was just
1: a, <laughs> I see you type of thing. Um, another thing, a practical thing I did is I spent about a half an hour writing out 50 things I loved about Tim. <laughs> because yes, I had done I so much him. damage with my words, I wanted to start repairing that. And that was a way I mm-hmm. could repair it. He still has that note to his day, tucked on the top of his dresser. I should probably write part two um, and like give him like, hey, 15 years later, part two, not 15 years, but seven years yeah. later. And yeah. but he that really spoke to him. It also spoke to me as I was writing those. You know, a lot of times we use our words and what we say isn't truth right it's it's what we say because that's how we feel but feelings aren't always truth and i wanted to write down what i knew to be true i loved him because i love the way you do this i love this about you and as i wrote them i remembered i loved mm-hmm. him because of this this is why i don't want to say those things because because i love tim And because I really love him. And so it settled something in me and did something in me, but it also did something for him, you know, and was a gift to him in repairing the damage that I had done with words and rebuilding it with kinder words.
0: Yeah. Just just want to encourage, even though it was seven years ago, I know you're still doing the work now and now you're teaching others, but just that willingness to humble yourself. Because as we get to this place when, especially if we know we're kind of right, like, hey, he actually should be stepping up or she actually right. should be doing these things. To to humble ourselves to say, which is kind of my course, The Wife Project from Roommates to uh-huh. Soulmates, is essentially an entire course focused on how can I change my heart as a wife? How can I deepen my faith so much as a wife so that it pours out? And at the beginning, it's like, this is not about your husband because it's very easy to point fingers yeah. at a spouse, husband or wife, no matter what they have going on, and And to really just pinpoint what they're doing because we're like a reflection of them and they're a reflection of us. But to do what you did and to say, I'm going to humble myself to acknowledge my wrongdoing. Yes, there are still things on his plate that he's done wrong. And in our marriage, he is fully imperfect Mm -hmm. because he was never created to be perfect or to uphold this standard of a man that doesn't actually exist. And I'm going to say, here's where I can do the work. And so I just commend you mm-hmm. for that so much because it really does take um, a humble heart, a heart that is bowing to the Lord to come before and to say that. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me, just as you talk, I'm like, gosh, all of this communication, what comes from our mouth starts in our heart. And it reminds me of the verse yes. in Matthew twelve thirty four: out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So it's not a mouth issue, right? It's a heart issue. <laughs> agreed. Can you talk a little bit I about agreed.
1: that? Yes, yeah, funny. I think I forget what the name of the chapter. I should probably have it memorized. is in my book that said, yeah, maybe oh, it's called maybe it's a heart issue. Mm. And I talk about that, and that's why I said early on that words were really the symptom. They were, you okay. know, they they were the overflow because because it's you can train. I I'm, I'm a nurse by trade, not anymore, was. You can train people to do things, right? Like I could take you, Lindsay, and I could say I'm going to show you how I do this in nursing. And I could teach you how to put in an IV. And you, after several times of practicing, could easily get that, right? I would pass out because... I- right. Okay. Well, besides may- okay. Well, <laughs> because because I'm, I'm, just just I'm just kidding. i just I love that.
0: I love that. Um, but, but yes, I understand what you're saying. But,
1: but if you, Lindsay, didn't have a heart for people, let's say, to care for them in their sickness, I can't teach you that. I can't say... Now, Lindsay, have a heart for people right. like you need to care about them this way, right? Like maybe that's not like your gifting or in your wheelhouse to care in that specific way why people are physically ill. And so what I'm saying is we can teach all the things, mm-hmm. but, but maybe it's a heart issue, mm-hmm. <laughs> but maybe it goes beyond the habit and the simple thing that you can teach someone. And so there has to be healing done in that. And I appreciate your encouragement, like, and the humbling of myself, I, I always feel funny with that because I don't want to take credit. I don't want to be like, yes, I humbled myself mm-hmm. and look at that. Because, because it didn't even feel like that. It felt like a necessity. Like I have to change what's going on in my heart if I want to see things get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, and it took me getting to the bottom of a pit, which I'd love to save a lot of women the heartache mm-hmm. and save a lot of people the heartache of getting that far to, to, to repair. You know, You can start now. You, you can start right where you're at today and say, I'm going to make the change, you know, and I'm going to do the hard work it takes. Yeah. The reconciliation part of things. I think, like you said,
0: you have to get to the bottom of the pit. And I feel like when you get to yeah. that place of desperation, you either, one of two things, jump forward toward more anger, more frustration, more just failure. Sorry, guys. My mower is next to my window. I'm just going to keep going. I'm cracking
1: up. It's awesome. Or you
0: say, what needs to change? And I think a lot of the time, you know, when people start throwing out divorce or when they start throwing out, I can't do this anymore, there's this sense of desperation in them. And a lot of the time it can lead them to say, fine, if you're going to throw that out or if you're going to feel that way, or if we've gotten to this point, it's done. We can't do this anymore. But marriage is not disposable. Yes. And so often communication is Amen. all that you need. There's so much built up that hasn't been discussed in a way that is gracious and kind and seeking the best and, and believing the best in one another. Instead, you are just so mm-hmm. stuck in this pattern. And so you just want to get to this point where you say there is hope in that desperation and which is what you've proven. Yeah. Okay, so my last question. Your book, Well Said, combines relatable stories with biblical truths to convey the power of your words. Mm-hmm. How has your faith yeah. and your relationship with Jesus prompted you to do this better, to do it well? And how has it kind of shaped shaped your perspective on communication and how to speak kindly and gently
1: in your home? Two things I can think of right off the bat is one, a lot of times when we make a change or when we see a glimmer of hope, that's enough to make you want more of it, right? So like when you see, when I would make a small change and I'd see the fruit of that, like you talked on very early on, I would be like, oh, I I want more of that. That like, that felt good. That looked good, but it felt good. Like in my heart, you know, it didn't just feel good. Like it, it literally felt good in my heart. And so I wanted more of that. And so I think one of the encouragements I can give is to hang on to each win, mm-hmm. so to speak, because those are the things that are going to get you to the next mm-hmm. one and get you to the next one. So when you have a conversation that goes well and is healthy, you can say, wow, that went really well. Like, thank you, Jesus. Help okay. me do it again. Right? Like, help me do it better the next time. And and it's kind of like I've seen that picture, you know, where people show a stair step and it looks like the top stair step is really hard to reach. And it'll still be hard to reach if you're on the bottom, but if you just take one step at a time, if you just take one win, one encouragement, one glimmer where you say, I can do this. I can do this today. I can do this in the next hour with my spouse, with my children, with my coworkers, (laughs) whoever I'm around, I can manage one thing. Then manage that one thing and then do the next thing and manage that next thing and make it doable. Make it bite size. No one... Well, maybe there are people, find them for me, can tackle a problem and fix it all in one fell swoop. That's just not how it works. And that's not how true healing happens, right? In our hearts. And so chunk size it, bite size it, and be encouraged that as soon as you have one bite size win, it'll lead to another bite size win. And so that's kind of how I feel like I tackled it looking back and, and Every time a new conversation happens, even still today, when there's like a win or Tim and I have a healthy <laughs> conversation about a hard mm-hmm. subject, right? I look at that and I say like, oh, Lord, thank you so much. Like, thank you. So that just builds my faith up that I can do it again. And then the second thing I want to say is that realizing that what you are saying is creating a ripple and that ripple goes out and it leaks into your children It leaks into your friendships. It leaks into your children's children eventually, and because that's how ripples work. And so once I kind of understood that, and understood that, oh wow, this thing I said actually carries a lot farther than just my spouse. My children heard it, or you know, someone else heard. Like it just carries farther. Then I think it leaves a deeper impact and want to in me to want to do better because I don't want the ripple. I want to leave. I want it to be a ripple of what you said, kindness and, you know, intentionality and love and Jesus filled words that are honoring to God and honoring to others. That's what I want my ripple to be. And, and thinking even far, I I want my children to grow up and I want them to say, my mom always honored my dad. And because of that, I'm going to always honor my wife. And because of that, I'm always going to honor my children. And all of a sudden, generation after generation after generation, we see a change or maybe we don't even see it, but it's going to be there. And we do it because we know it's going to make a difference. So good.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for being on the show. (laughs) I will forever hold on to that bite-sized moment um, (laughs) wisdom because that is really impactful and powerful. And I just, yeah, I'm just thankful for you. So can you tell our audience where they can find you? Yes.
1: Um, we love social media. <laughs> so if you're on social media, specifically Instagram, you can find us at modern farmhouse family. We love to chat with you. We love to pray with you. Um, and we love just to hang out and share real life just like this, just like you do, Lindsay. And if you're not on social media, you can find us at modern farmhouse where we share life there as well. And fun. I mean, things even expanding to recipes and just fun everyday lifestyle stuff. And we also have a newsletter. So, you know, just type those words in and you'll find us somewhere
0: wonderful yes and for all of our listeners if you enjoyed this episode as always we just ask that you share it share it with a friend with a family member on your socials and let us know what you gained from it help us to see the fruit and the growth that is coming from sarah's obedience because it it takes a lot it takes a lot to write a book it takes a lot to put yourself out there and to share your life your vulnerability your story in order to bring others freedom, but that's exactly what you're doing. And so I just want to say thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for your heart, your wisdom, and to everybody listening in the show notes, I will link well said so that you can purchase it, read it together with your spouse or alone, um, just to do some heart work for this season of life. And thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here. It was an honor. And as always, we love you guys. And we will talk to you next week.